Welcome to the Walpole High Film Festival's podcast, One Point Perspective, a podcast that explores the world of digital filmmaking and talks to young aspiring filmmakers in high school, college, and beyond. Now here are the hosts of the show, Mike Allen and James Conley. All right, welcome to another episode of One Point Perspective. We're sitting here, we're very happy to have Felicia Romeo here. Felicia graduated class of 2016, and uh, she her last movie that she made her senior year was Static, which did really well. And uh, she's going to tell us a little bit more about what she's been doing post-Walpole High School. Well, before we get into that, we, we like to take everybody down memory lane. Uh, and and <laughs> so... Like I was saying to the class, Felicia just came from a presentation uh, to the film directors. So she and her co-director, Katie McGovern, are two of the directors who we are kind of look back at and certainly I think are, are most proud of in terms of their growth as directors and their uh, journey through the film festival. So maybe you can kind of take us back and, and uh, I know think about how you got involved in the film festival and the first couple films that you made before Static. Yeah, um, I remember I was working at Red Cherry, Frozen Yogurt, and Katie told me that you guys were having, um, uh, there was positions available for like art directors, and I was really drawn to that, even all the way through, and now in the industry I do production design, which is funny that I still do that, but, um, she told me about that and I was all in. And then when I found out we could write a script, it was just kind of from there, it was like, I just wanted in. I wanted more and I wanted to just see it on screen. Uh, and then we just did whatever we could to make that happen. And you did Martin in the Margins? Yeah, Martin in the Margins. Wow, that was, uh, you know, I still have that poster. It's one of the few things that I've kept with me through all these years but um man that was a fun time we I made some of my best friends on that shoot and I made some of my worst enemies on that shoot and they're kind of the same people <laughs> at the same time but yeah that that was a lot of fun I think any indie project uh, in the film festival has sort of the same experience where the fun comes through um learning things the hard way <laughs> what i remember from martin in the margins is you guys were one of the last crews to be down in miss allison's room editing and so like i put them down there and they would be editing and uh through a every, dungeon yeah, every yeah. once in a while i'd have to go down and check on them <laughs> and they'd be like you guys would be like lying on the tables and like just all like, right let me just explain something <laughs> something so <laughs> We had a pizza delivered, and there was no uh, heat on in the building at the time, and we had a giant fur coat, so what would you do <laughs> in that situation? We ended up watching a full season of The Office and using uh, Mr. Kim's costume, the fur coat, as a blanket, and then, of course, we ate the, ate the pizza, <laughs> but... Yeah, that was the, fun. You guys definitely had a good time. And uh, in the second movie, you guys don't like to talk about. Uh, My Magic Ralph? Yeah. I, I've i actually grown to really love that film. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I know for a time for a time, it was a difficult relationship. The scar has healed and now I laugh. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, 
That's a real true example of learning the hard way. Uh, biting off more than you can chew, uh, while at the same time not outsourcing and not giving people responsibility. Um, that's how you learn that, one, you'll fail if you try to do it all yourself, but it won't, it won't be satisfying either way, even if you do something successful, if it's just your work. It's a lot more satisfying when you have a lot of people that have done really well on a crew. And again, the only way to get something made successfully. <laughs> so that's yeah. what we learned. I mean, you learned a lot from that. I mean, you guys came in the next year determined and learned your lessons. That and I would say you guys being inspired by, um, and it, for Static in particular, inspired by David Lynch, like really getting into film and knowing what you wanted. And I remember that first script meeting where you guys wrote the script in the summer sat down and we just had a long discussion of like what can we do let's let's make sure that we can do this and you guys making early cuts just like getting rid of whole scenes being like we don't need this one of like before we get into static but like i I just remember like one of the big cuts you had this whole doctor's office scene remember that yeah and and it was obviously critical to the the whole script and uh just being like, how are we gonna do this? And then you guys figured out like, let's just cut that scene, get it to a, a phone conversation. We're gonna shoot it like this and get the whole thing across visually um, rather than in dialogue. And, uh, and it's, you, you watch that movie now and it's like, it's, it's like that was three pages of scripts that you guys got rid of and, and it's like 30 seconds. Yeah, um, with that, that year I really, started to think about my writing style to be confident enough you know to get bad news and hear that you have to change your script uh, but be able to trust yourself that you can still get the story told you just have to rework things um, and even the the director of Parasite the the film that's doing so well right now and you know breaking grounds with its story and everything uh, the director talks a lot in interview about how he had to prepare his screenplay to be torn apart and uh, even, you know, after shooting in post-production to have the story still be told correctly when entire scenes and sequences are getting cut. So he thought about all that ahead of time and trusted that the story would still get told correctly and it totally did. So. That's what we did that year. Um, and then being able, like, like you were saying, referencing David Lynch, that's all part of making sure the story is preserved from start to finish. Uh, so when we tell you we're inspired by David Lynch and then you say we need to cut the scene, we can still find a common ground uh, with the references that you can see what I'm trying to do and vice versa. That's true. Obviously, Static is like a le legendary, won all sorts of awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, and we, we always reference it to really pushing the envelope of what we can do here. And it came down to like the work ethic that you guys, that whole crew put in, um, in particular, you and Katie. And in fact, we referenced your movie this year. We, yeah. we remember? Yeah, we, we pretty much constantly are referencing how Static always had 
three people working, like, you know, three hard drives, three people working at all times. And that's what you need to do because we have some movies that are trying to, you know, they kind of need everything to be perfect, similar to what you were, you guys were doing, uh, you know, five years ago now. And every, like, the, the the work you guys put in has helped us kind of teach like teach kids hey you know this this is doable this is achievable and you can you can hit exactly what you're going for but you're ha- you have to be willing to you know put in a lot of work um and we we do reference i mean i know for chris and lang's movie we referenced static um in their you know pre-pro meeting static yeah. level work ethic is yeah. what we said um and you know, even with that work ethic, <laughs> that movie barely, barely got, came together. I mean, it's because the independent. Uh, shout out to Ryan Conlin for finishing an independent film <laughs> before we finished ours. Right. Switched due dates, and we got an extra day, and and stayed up all night. Yeah, I mean, even on uh, this last film that that I just made in, in New York, uh, I literally did not sit down for five nights the shoot was three days but i did the whole set and everything so it's always it's gonna be like that if you're dead serious about what you're doing you're never gonna get as much done as you need to so you're gonna pull all-nighters quite frequently yeah i remember you guys coming in exhausted staying up all night trying to finish it and and it was and it was great and uh and then you took the next day off remember and like we were frantically trying to get a hold of you because there was a a, a moment in static remember with that you st- there was a stop in this one of the classroom scenes and i wasn't sure if it was a mistake or remember that yeah you know, they like tr- frantically try to get a hold of you and all that stuff but you were like you were out you were asleep. it's like i don't care yeah. whatever you yeah can, you're like do you whatever you want if that's right or wrong at um, this point yeah, I know. Uh, I just remember watching. Remember watching the first five minutes of Static, being like, "Oh my God, yeah. this is they, yeah. they pulled it off." I remember yeah. you uh, you paused the movie after the first scene, and you looked at me and you you breathed in really heavily, and so did I, <laughs> for two different reasons. And then you said, um, "What did you say?" You said like this is not what I expected or something like that. And I just felt completely defeated in that moment. I was like, oh man, we we messed up again. <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna leave at this point. And you're like, wait a minute, no, that's not what I meant. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> no, I, I, we were like blown away by it. It's, it, it's just everything was kind of came together. It's a passion project is what I keep telling the kids. You know, it, it took us to a different direction, but it was like a direction that you guys, it wasn't like, let's do this because it's never been done. It was, let's do this because we want to do it, which is something that is always tricky, especially with seniors. Sometimes we get seniors, I want to do this because it's, I, I just want to do it because it hasn't been done or it's different rather than like, that's their passion. Like, Look, do what you're, you're passionate about. If you, if you love comedies, do comedies because you're passionate about it. You have to be inspired. You have to make sure that you want to, whatever it is you want to do, you're passionate about it. So that's a big thing that we try to get across because they, they see stuff like Static or Nemesis or some of these others. Um, 
this was you. Yeah, this was you. And, and they're like, oh, I want to do that. And it's like, well, no, these, these are personal projects th that they really worked hard on and, and put their whole, like, their whole lives into for that three, four months. All right, so we always kind of pick, pick the students, uh, the graduates' brains about film school, not film school, and, and your choices and, and, and why. Um, so, I, as I was saying earlier, I, I, the second I got into the film festival, really knew that I wanted to pursue it as a career. Um, I think what a lot of seniors struggle with at this time of year is, yeah, I want to do that, but do I have to go to film school to do it? So when I was a senior, uh, I was questioning the same things. I ended up graduating, um, planning on going to film school in like that January, that com coming January. Uh, and long story short, for about two years after I graduated high school, I had not been able to get myself to, I mean, I got accepted to all the top film schools. I got um, grants for all the film schools, but it was still kind of a lot of money and I couldn't get myself to say that I needed to do it. Uh, and then after two years of going back and forth, I realized like I, I want to be a writer and a, a director and I don't technically, I don't need technical training for those things. So I just picked up and I moved to New York and I got um, an internship working for a half marketing, half film production company. And I got that internship uh, for two reasons. The reason that a lot of film kids like to hear is that I lied, I straight up lied and told them that I had gone to Emerson College for a year and that I was moving to New York, so I'm trying to pursue a different path, so I was leaving the school. Um, but then after the initial conversation, that never came up again, and all that really mattered was the two years that I had been playing around with going to film school. In that time, I was uh, fine-tuning who I am as an artist and what stories I'm trying to tell, and forcing myself to, to figure out my pitch as a whole, um, watching a lot of movies, thinking about everything that I'd ever seen or read or anything that made me laugh and why. Why did I like that? Why do I remember that? Why didn't I remember this film that a lot of other people talk about? Figuring out what I was attracted to in storytelling and then moving to New York and just having the confidence to pitch myself and getting people to listen because I know what I want to do. And then once that door is open, then you can talk about anything from there. And people take you seriously. So that's what I did. Then uh, I worked at the company for about six or seven months, and we ended up going to Sundance with a client, and then something happened where essentially the entire company fell apart, and on the plane ride home, I found out that I didn't have a job there anymore. So then I started the process over again, uh, this time telling people that I just came back from Sundance and saying it as if I was there with a film, which I wasn't. Uh, got hired at a, a film production company as an intern and then um, took some time 
to sort of negotiate and network with them uh, to get a full-time job. And now I'm a, one of the writers and uh, one of the three producers there running the whole company. And that's where I made my most recent film. That's unbelievable, right? And uh, so you're one of the three producers at, at the company. And you kind of use that networking process to get your own stuff made and wrote a screenplay and, and uh, could you talk about that process? Yeah. Um, so when I realized I had the facilities to make a film, I, I didn't just start writing then. I consider myself a writer. So I have about three feature films. Uh, I have a lot of episodic series and podcasts and short films ready to go at all times. And I picked one that would work. It was a short film. Uh, it's a play on 1950s sci-fi horrors with a little twist, and it's very dry-humored. And it was the one that the other two producers kind of picked up on, and we just roll with it and, uh, and got it made in a few months of preparation and a much larger budget than we expected but it's on its way out of post-production now so uh, we'll see what happens with that yeah and we were lucky enough to watch it uh just a few minutes ago with the with the directors here this year and uh she got her first ovation for the film it, this is true not because the other audiences didn't respond i just had never shown it to yeah, anybody the first audience right <laughs> yeah they got they responded well yeah, it was really cool because they haven't like there's still you said there's you know I think four or five more things you still have to you know put the film through so they they really get to see it when it's still it's fine tuned but it's still a little raw and I think that was a great experience for them like just kind of you talking about hey I started this process back in August and it's right now it's December and it's just it's still you're fine tuning fine tuning and uh, there's so much work that goes into it and I think you did a great job kind of breaking it down for all of our students today. Um, so that's they're going to take a lot home from that. So that was really awesome. Yeah, and why don't you just for publicity, uh, you know, give a shout out. What, what's the film called? And it's called Sweet Tooth. Uh, it's about a cult of mosquito men with an overconsumption problem that give themselves away to the FBI because uh, they've piled too many bodies out the trash chute and caused a crack in the ground. Uh, and then there's a bit of a twist. Well, there's a major, major there's twist there's a at twist. the end. That's a great twist. Uh, <laughs> it is one of the stupidest things you'll <laughs> you'll ever it's see. It's a lot in your of fun. Life, if you ever fun. see it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and then um, so in, in your next step is obviously to get this out to different um, festivals across the country and and try to get it uh, shown. And, yes. And receive some recognition. Uh, definitely, I have been. Um, while I'm getting this out of post-production, the past few months I've been preparing for uh, distribution. So I've been going to film festivals, like horror genre festivals, um, networking, um, just getting a lot of different people. I've been actually going pretty much every night to comedy shows. I work in the West Village and I just hit up all those comedy joints. I can get into um, Danger Fields for free now, which is like something that is really awesome because I love Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, yeah. But 
Um, yeah, I've been going, meeting all those people that are writers and stuff for Comedy Central and just kind of getting to know the community so I can uh, send out Sweet Tooth to those people individually and have them kind of branch it out for me while I'm hitting up festivals and all that stuff. So, yeah, just really, really trying to get it out there as much as I can. Now, one of the things I want to just hear your responses to this so I can respond to it. Uh, but uh, what, are, what are your, um, if we ask everybody, what are the three films that they recommend our students, uh, current and future students, to watch film festival movies that they had nothing to do with? Um, and then what are the three Hollywood films that you recommend current and future film festival students to watch? Okay, so I chose these because they all have different reasons why I'd recommend. So The Mathlete, uh, the, from the very first time I watched that, and if I watch it today, um, that little piece of score that they, they wrote with the singing and walking down the hall is one of the best things I've seen in the festival. I think being able to do that kind of humor and then you know, just having whoever did the voice for that sit down and record some intense score is really awesome. Uh, Stables Over Walpole, every time I watch it, I think these guys just had so much fun while making this movie, but were able to cut it together into a solid story. Uh, and that's something that's really hard to do, but if, again, if it's a passion project and you know what you want to make, it's very evident that that was one of those movies. And then um, A Day in the Life, I would recommend just for, again, like, you know, it's the first documentary of that style and being able to um, put together a very specific way of making a film that hadn't been done in the festival before and executing it well. Uh, for real films, Hollywood films, uh, The Revenant, I always recommend for pacing. I think that's one of the most well-paced films ever, and I always reference as a writer um, rhythm and pacing. I always go back to that, so The Revenant is good for that. Um, Zodiac is like my favorite film of all time, um, and I'm recommending it now because I think that is an incredible use of score and uh, just the soundtrack that, that he used. If, you know, if you're making a three-hour film following uh, the police department <laughs> and not really anything happening for two hours of the film, uh, carrying people through it with the soundtrack is pretty sweet. Um, and then this is not a movie, but this like has a special place in my heart. Uh, the series Columbo with Peter Falk is you you need to watch like one or two episodes in your lifetime. Just look at the sets, look at Peter Falk's work and the story, and it's just an absolutely perfect show. So there you go. No Lynch on there. I, I'm, it's a given, you know. All right, so, and then, and then also anything that David Lynch ever, ever directed. Uh, specifically Dumbland, I don't know if you guys have seen it, no. but. No, we have not seen Dumbland. Yeah, David Lynch's Dumbland is a huge inspiration for me oh, with everything right. that all I right. do. Uh, we watched Zodiac, I just watched Zodiac in my, yeah, in my class, not the film class, though, we watched it in another class, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of, 
my favorites. Um, we watch Social Network every year. Um, but Zodiac is, is up there. Well, thank you for coming in. I like yeah. we, we, we always say we got to get Felicia and Katie in yeah, here. Talking um, Katie is in Southeast Katie, Asia. Katie's gone. I we had our chance. <laughs> I haven't spoken to her for a little while, but I know she's okay because uh, I saw a video of her with her arms wide open and about 200 ducks just <laughs> being summoned to to her so it was like all right everything's as it's supposed to be i'll check in again in a few months just ducky yeah Yeah. shout out to katie maybe wherever she is she can listen to this uh we'll have to get her in separately uh yeah but it's been it's awesome having you in and i was so glad it worked out with um with the directors just it's so great when when we have people in the industry come back and give advice because they really need it yeah thank you cool yeah of course the advice that you've given um especially in your comments back i think that you've hammered some really invaluable points like uh, i remember a couple years ago you were you were talking about how uh you know they paid so much attention to the technical sides of the movie but they weren't actually directing the actors and that's like we've honestly used a lot of your advice as teaching points Um, so it's really, you know, it's really awesome. And you came back and today you just gave a great, you know, explanation as why networking is so important. Uh, you know, you really have to, and as you put it to like sell yourself. And I I think that you really kind of opened up their eyes to, Hey, you know, this is someone who didn't go to film school, didn't have that built in, uh, network of students and, and people that they're surrounded by and you're still making it work. And it's, you know, it's hard work. It's selling yourself. It's, uh, you know, really having like you pitched yourself. And I thought that, um, <clears throat> that advice along with your advice that you write back, you always write really good notes on our movies. Um, and, and I think that advice has been, you know, you continue to affect this festival, um, even, you know, four years removed from it. So that's really awesome. Thank um, you. So thank you for coming in. I'm happy that, I can help. Yeah, of course. (laughs) You've been listening to Walpole High Film Festival's podcast, One Point Perspective.